Welcome to Hard Ticket to Sedaris. I'm Teresa. I'm Steven. I'm Cody. And we're here on episode three, and we're talking about our second film in our Sedaris verse. Uh, we're talking about the movie Seven from 1979. Yeah, not the Kevin Spacey movie. It's not? No. I watched a different movie. Oops. <laughs> I just yes. watched the Kevin Spacey one again. I, I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, so this one, uh, this was Andy's uh, second effort at a uh, feature-length film, released September twenty-first, nineteen seventy-nine. So quite a few years after Stacy, uh, he takes another crack at it, and I think we can probably all agree this one is a little bit closer to what would come later. Yeah, I think I would agree with that. Um, it definitely felt more like a Sedaris film like he had more creative control over it versus um Stacy I feel like Stacy had another hand in it yeah yeah it definitely felt that way to me too like when I was watching I was like this it seems like more his style like he wasn't being forced to do like you got to do these certain shots or whatever you know what I mean I feel like that was the that the first one Stacy was like that yeah it felt like that to me both in writing and also in directorial style and in um kind of the the plot of the movie i mean you you could almost say that malibu express is a like a remake andy himself kind of says that yeah a remake of seven yeah oh yeah yeah yeah. uh this movie starring william smith barbara lee art matrano martin cove and lenny montana as the kahuna uh written by william driscoll and robert baird so again not written by andy Mm. but story by Produced by, directed by, and Steve, you'll get to later. Cameo by. Oh, it, it was there a cameo? I don't know. We haven't got there yet. <laughs> <laughs> Spoiler alert for a movie from, you know, 40 plus years ago. <laughs> 44, almost. Yeah, that's a long time. So, a uh, runtime of one hour and 40 minutes. So, a little bit longer than Stacy. It's a good, good solid 100 Hundred minutes longer than his typical movies because I yeah. think ninety six, ninety seven minutes yeah. was like his sweet spot. I think this is his longest one. So <laughs> I think you, didn't you measure 40. that? Then yeah. it was like ninety seven. Like all of his other ones were like ninety six minutes exactly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's weird. it's like in Hawaii you get a, only get a film tax break if your film is exactly ninety six minutes long. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, that would be great. <laughs> there's several different variations of the poster that I found, but there are two taglines. When the going gets rough, send for Savano's Seven or Ooh. Savano's Playmates. There's a variation on it. Oh, there's a variation. I only saw yeah. the the uh, Savano Seven and the my preferred one. Oh, Playmates. Death is their way of life. <laughs> yeah, I saw that one. Yeah, death is their way of life. <laughs> uh, unrated on Rotten Tomatoes. But what do you guys think the audience score is? Closest without going over. Three point three. <laughs> it, it's a percentage out of a hundred. Oh. I'm gonna 33%. Go with, I'm going to go with hmm, 20, 22%. Teresa gets it. The audience score is, and I was shocked by this, 71%. Are you what? Are you kidding me? From one person? I mean, how many people are we talking <laughs> about? I made sure. I looked. I'm like, okay, I'm not mixing it up with, you know, 1995's right. 7. 
1979-7, directed by Andy Sedaris, 71% of Rotten Tomatoes that, audience. Uh, holy crap. I wonder if, uh, I wonder if maybe it got confused with, with a 95-7. That, that is a distinct possibility. <laughs> because I read, when I, when I was watching the movie, I was going back through uh, some of the promotional stuff, and Variety tore this movie up, like, pretty much across the board the yeah. movie was panned so i mean but i think we all agree professional critics hacks so. <laughs> well, hacks and frauds pretty much there's no credited composer on the film and it's possible that andy may have made extensive use of the abc sports music library which <laughs> would not shock me because he definitely uses footage from wide world of sports later on like during the surfing parts uh-huh. that's totally wide world of sports footage oh, there's no funny. way they shot it for this movie oh, wow. that's hilarious there's no way they did so um, that's funny because i thought while we were watching it having recently rewatched the oceans 11 and oceans oceans 12 movies um the music sounds so similar to those movies and i'm talking about the the 2001 and 2000 i can't remember what Four. year to, oh. yeah i can't remember but uh, is that kind of like jazzy sound? Yeah, it yeah. sounds like that. Yeah. It, it it sounds a lot like the Stacy soundtrack. Yeah. In terms of music. I would like to say on the IMDb, it is a 5.8. Do what? A 5.8 on IMDb. Yeah, so... It's, which is not bad, actually. Like, yeah, which again... I've seen like, a lot worse. Now, yeah, Teresa brought up a good point. Of, like, I wonder how many people are getting it confused with... That may be like uh, giving it a false boost. Yeah. Or it could just be William Smith's mustache. In the, in the, that's what's bringing everybody His in. His mustache is pretty awesome. <laughs> yeah, it's very very solid. Uh, the movie was filmed mostly in Hawaii, which was a difficult shoot. According to Andy, quote, it rained like a bitch every day. Quote. <laughs> uh, wow. this, is, this is it. This is where we're in Hawaii now. Yeah, we are. We've made it it's, to Hawaii. It's starting to feel like yeah. Andy serious now. It's weird, though. You would think that being in such a beautiful place, you would not have many uh, many complaints. But also, I have to remember that Aunt Mr. Andy Sedaris was a, was a world traveler at this point. Mm. So. I had a budget of $750,000. But not Roger Corman money. No, no Roger Corman. Okay. Andy wanted Burt Reynolds for the lead, but he was too expensive. <laughs> oh my god, explain the mustache! He would have been too expensive at the time. I mean, yeah, I, I mean, think about it, like... Burt Reynolds in the 70s, yeah, he's probably making top dollar. Oh, he no, he that. definitely is, but that so, explains the mustache. He would have but taken the entire if Bert, budget. If, if, good old, if, if Uncle Burt was in a Sedaris movie, that would that would be move over Star Wars. I have a new <laughs> favorite movie. Um, uh, and two, two of the main characters, Drew and Alexa. Sedaris Kid Dames. Yep. There you go. Not the last time... Things will be named after his children in these movies, so he just really, really liked those names. He did. He's so. like, man, I'm trying to find a name for the two main characters in my movie. What do I name them? What do I name them? Okay, I'm gonna name them after my kids. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I like Second to think time. that he was like he was stuck like at his desk, and then he just looks over at his kids like out in the yard. His kids are playing like, oh, there we go. <laughs> yeah. So, um, as we do, spotlight on a particular actor. The one I picked was our lead, William Smith. Oh, Big Will. Uh, very interesting. Born on March 24th, 1933 in Columbia, Missouri. Had a very early start in films, first appearing uncredited in 1943's The Ghost of Frankenstein with no. Ron Shady. <laughs> yeah, I know. saw that on the Wikipedia. Yeah. I was like, that's really cool. <laughs> uh, he was serving the Air Force. Uh, during the Korean War, he was an intelligence agent who flew multiple recon missions over the Soviet Union. Whoa, so he's he's uh, he's got some real-world experience to lend to the movie. And Steve, you'll love this. 
because I kind of wish this guy was an over-the-top. He won the 200-pound World Arm Wrestling Championship multiple times. That makes sense. Do you see his arm on the poster? Yeah, at one point he had a ni- like a 19-and-a-half-inch bicep. But Jeez. He's also, he's also like extremely wiry, and also his yeah. arms are long. Yeah, yeah he's, a, he's, a, he's a big dude. He was the record holder for reverse curling his own body weight. <laughs> oh, what does that even mean? I don't know, but it sounded cool, so I'm just like, sure, I'll reverse put it on Reverse curling. And he was 31 and one record as an amateur boxer. Jeez. So this guy, th- this guy was, he, he had a colorful life. Uh, bit parts in numerous roles up through the 1970s. Uh, his breakout role was as the villainous Falconetti on the miniseries Rich Man, Poor Man. Which I've never seen, but big, you know, event show in the 70s. Uh, he was a main cast member on Hawaii Five O for its 12th and final season, which ran from 1979 to 1980. So, like, right right at this time, he's cast, you know, a main cast of Hawaii Five O. So it's like... Wow. Also in Hawaii, so, you know. Well, that works out. (laughs) Maybe he was already there, and they were just like, hey, you want to... But his most memorable role, Steve, 1982, he's the father... Father? ...of Conan the Barbarian. Oh, yeah, he is. That little scene in the very beginning. (laughs) He is, holy crap. He's not seeing with Arnold. It's like when Conan's a little kid, and he's explaining Krom, and the riddle of steel to the child, you know, to the child Conan. And then he's slain. Yeah, he's killed along with the rest of the village. Yeah. Yeah, he's, he's he fights, Conan's, he fights Conan's, a, fa- Conan's papa. He fights honorable death, though. Yeah. He has an honorable death. Uh, he's Not also good. featured in 1984's Red Dawn and 1988's Maniac Cop. Maniac Cop. I love that movie. Yeah, I do Bruce too. Campbell. Good. Uh, but his final role was in 2020, and he died on July 5th, 2021. Oh, wow. He worked all the way up to... How yeah. old was he? Uh, 2021 minus 1933... Like he's in his 80s. 7, 67, 87, yeah, so he 88. Was, yeah, so, and, he, and he, remember, he started, his first movie was in 1943, so he'd been in movies for like 70 plus years. Yeah. He's 10. Oh, yeah. His, he's so 10. His movie very, credits are Very, very long, long career. Not one, you don't typically see them go for that long, so. But, yeah, that's William Smith, that's the lead of... Seven, which <laughs> I feel like, uh, given the plot, is definitely a nod to like the Magnificent Seven. It's oh, got yeah. Yeah, it definitely it's is. fully yeah. a ripoff. Yeah, yeah. Oh. Or, or Seven Samurai. It just, re- or... just replace the West with Hawaii. Well, I mean, <laughs> Magnificent Seven's ripoff of Seven Samurai. So yeah, I mean, and, and I did, I did I get some sort of like Rat Pack like vibes from it too. Yeah, but like people, you had no idea who they were. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Except for. Uh, there's a couple recurring people, which, Teresa, you'll get to later, I'm sure. Yes. Uh, but uh movie starts off, Steve, and what I'm sure is uh, your version of heaven, a hula tiki bar. <laughs> yeah. So. I, I, I wrote down, I think it's hilarious, the very first opening shot of the movie is a shot glass that says, suck em up, Hawaii. And I just thought that that was hilarious. <laughs> yeah. I absolutely would wear a shirt that said that, and or I would totally take a shot Well, when we start making our them. shirts, that'll be another one, mm-hmm. along with uh, one from Stacy. Um, oh, Fondle with Care? Yeah, Fondle with Care. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that'll be another one. It should be sure. It should be one that says Fondle with Care, but then has like a fake rip, and then it yeah, has Superman just, underneath yeah. it. <laughs> nah, we'll get, we'll get sued on that. Oh, yeah, that's fair. Yeah, because Warner Brothers, they, they are desperate in need of any money they can get. <laughs> yes. Um, 
So a guy in a suit with really bad hair, and I mean this guy's hair is horrible, orders his henchman Skip, played by Martin Cove. Martin or, Cove! As you may know him uh, from The Karate Kid and Cobra Kai is Crease. Yep. Yep. He was in a ton uh, of stuff. He's been in a ton of movies. Not uh, just Karate Kid. I mean, he was in, uh, um, if I can find it, like, uh, there was, um, Death Race 2000, uh, Little Murders. He was in Last... Death Race 2000 with, with Stallone? Yeah, and Last House on the Left, which okay, is a okay, horror well, film. I'll have to rewatch wait, wait, Death wait. Race immediately. Mm-hmm. Which, which Last House? Last House on the Left. I know, but which one? The 70s the one, one? The 70s one with the Wes Craven one. He's in that. Who is he? He plays one of the deputies. <gasps> The stupid cops? Yeah, one of the with stupid the, cops. drive the chicken truck? Yep. Oh, my more, God. More yep. importantly, who is he in Death Race? Death Race 2000, he was Nero the Hero. Is he one of the racers? Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he's, yeah, he's in all kinds of stuff. I had no idea. Um, oh. Yeah, I mean, maybe some, a lot of stuff you probably wouldn't know. Like, I am I would know, but like like Crocodile 2 and stuff like that. But um, Crocodile Dundee 2? No, no, no. It's oh. just called Crocodile. It's about a giant crocodile that kills people. Oh. Um, Could have been Crocodile It's literally called too. Crocodile 2 Death Swamp. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, but yeah, he's 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 always in the background. Uh, one of the last things he was in, I have to mention this because I'm a big Elvis fan. In two, 2020, he was in a movie called Elvis from Outer Space. I watched the trailer for it. It looked ridiculous. Martin Cove was? Martin Cove is in it. Yeah. Dang. He was He's also in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I was going to say. Where was, really? Who, yep. where was he? Sheriff like? on Bounty Law. <laughs> oh. He's a sheriff. Yeah, like the, the show that yeah. the character yeah. is. Yeah. 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 Okay, that, yeah. yeah. Hmm. Wow. Man, yeah. he's just slithering in all sorts of places. Uh, yeah, he's everywhere. Uh, uh, that's funny. Oh, I, crap. He was on Gunsmoke? Kojak? Jeez. Oh, like, there we go. Kojak. Now we're talking. <laughs> now, we're talking. now we're talking. You're going to say Kojak. that about Kojak, but not Gunsmoke? Starsky yeah. and Hutch, and Chips, like all the big... Gunsmoke was a sec... It wasn't as good as Bonanza. I really like Bonanza. Incredible Hulk, Barnaby Jones. I mean, he's like in all of those movies, or those TV shows back then, wow. too. It's crazy. Major crazy. action TV star. Yeah. But anyway, um, so he's the henchman to the this guy with really bad hair in a suit. It's, Which I will it, discuss later. Yeah. Because he's a very interesting person in real life. Yeah, oh, okay. Uh, Skip, we learn his name is Skip, Martin Cove. Um, a guy in the suit orders him to eliminate whoever uh, the hula girl puts a yellow lay on, which kind of implies that, oh, is she in on it? Uh, but Skip uh, he follows the guy out to the parking lot, kills him and his wife, roll credits via typewriter. Oh, God, that, yeah. That yeah, takes that's a real, really real, long time. Man. And it's so annoying because it's just the... Yeah, every <laughs> individual letter is typed out. Yeah, Ooh, that's rough. Yeah, it, it's it was top of the line though for the day. Yeah, yeah, it was, they printer. probably thought they were doing something special with yeah. that. But um, but interspersed with the, these credits, uh, another man is killed via flame stick by a performer. He's just a flame stick just thrown through the guy's Speared. chest during a show. <laughs> Speared. That's a great way to die. And uh, another person is killed through I think everybody's favorite character in this movie. The Danny the skateboarder. Yep. Oh, the skateboarder. He kills yeah. um, uh, somebody like as as he's rolling by on a skateboard with a crossbow. Uh, and next to this guy is the hula girl, who we learn her name is Miley. Um, who, she, the person credited as playing her is her name is Little Egypt. Yeah. Which and I looked it up. It's like there have been several belly dancers over like the 20th century named Little Egypt. Oh. And I think she was the fourth one. 
the fall. It's like a, it's like a dynasty or whatever, yeah, like a legacy. Kind, kind of. It's, it's like, like it's like when you know, like sometimes kings will take the name of the next king or yeah, whatever. It's like, like Little Egypt the Fourth. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah it, it was. I'm like that's bizarre and cool at the same. Okay, okay, you do you. But, so yeah. just it, it's kind of like a mantle that you're passing down, so that yeah. that person can capitalize off of your popularity. Yeah. Yep. Um, but she had set up the ambush, and we and we cut to a. Uh, politician and his kind of skeezy aide giving like a press conference about uh, the three people who were killed. It turns out they were all criminal investigators. Mm. So the politicians, they they get in a car uh, and they're kind of diverted by Skip and another goon um, dressed as cops and they're like, hey, follow us. Uh, And they lead them into an ambush uh, after being ordered to do so by the Kahuna, who, if you see him, that's Lenny Montana, but you'll know him as Luca Brazzi from The Godfather. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. I didn't know that. The, yeah. uh, the, oh, so the, the skateboarder actually, like, he he kind of gets in front of their car, and he's, like, weaving down yeah, the thing. Yeah, like, slowing them down. And then uh, they, they pull off to the side, and the cops come up and... Uh, or wait... No, the, no. The, the skateboarder kills the politician. He kills the dudes aide, in the back, and, and then, then the, and then Mark we'll get, Cove we'll kills. Get to the, yeah, we'll get yeah. kills to the, uh, the kills the driver. Yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll get to those. Which poor driver, innocent driver. And then after that, we cut to Los Angeles, where Steve's favorite character, the most boring government agent in the world. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. This th- guy, this guy, he just talks like this the whole time. Oh, yeah, the he's like, guy? we need to solve these murders. <laughs> oh. Oh, I know that guy. Yeah, yeah, he's he's so exciting. Wow, we'll do this, guys. We're gonna get it done. And this is his charming voice. This is how he charms the ladies. <laughs> and he picks the the seven assassins. He he and two well, other operatives are picking the. Assassins. He doesn't pick the assassins. He's he picks the main guy, who then picks the rest of the team. Oh yeah, that's right. Because they go through all those pictures, which Steve is our first sort of cameo. From Mr. Andy Sedaris, because because one of the yeah, he shows up later, but like yeah. one of the pictures is straight up you know Andy mugging for the camera. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so yeah, that's and well, it looks like one. a bunch of test photos too. Like, yeah, like audition test photos. Oh, no, they definitely are. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. but what they are. I, I did want to say though that those pictures, considering this is 1979, and those are color photographs, I don't know what kind of printer they was they were using, but it was probably really expensive because oh, they're kind of sure. good. Well, I mean, and they're printed on regular paper. They're not even like photo Andy Sedaris. Paper. It's, it's probably the no ABC expense. Sports offices. <laughs> yeah, it could have <laughs> yeah, been. Maybe. So, yeah. Uh, and they settle on Drew Savano, portrayed by William Smith, who we discussed earlier. Uh, and that most boring of agents, he then goes to Drew's home to enlist him, where he counters Drew and his. I don't know if that's supposed to be like his girlfriend, his chippy. I don't know. Um, excuse me. What is a chippy? Yeah, you're gonna have to explain that one. A chippy? Yeah. Explain. This, <laughs> For the listeners. This came from Cody's Rolodex of old people terms. <laughs> chippy. Just, a, just a, a hot woman who hangs around him. I don't know. What do you mean you don't know? Are you going to use terms you don't understand or know? No, I mean, that, that's kind of hard to explain. It's the, how is it hard to explain? I mean, it's kind of what it's just a woman who just hangs around him. <laughs> so not his girlfriend... His plaything? I don't know. Play His plaything. Play <laughs> okay. It does kind of, to to Cody's credit, it does kind of seem like that uh, that dynamic yeah. in in the movie because she's uh, she she just like leads the guy into the house and then she takes her top off. She's like, yes, I'll, 
Which... I've been in the hot tub all morning. I'll be a prune by midnight. Ah. Which is our first pair of tits in the movie. At... Ah. And I, I had to double check. I'm like, <laughs> of course, it's this number. 11 minutes and 38 seconds. What's the significance to that? It's THX 1138. Don't listen it's to like all through. It's like the running thing, the joke through like all Star Wars. Like every number's like 1138. Because that was George Lucas's first movie. So yeah, so um, yeah, Drew gets enlisted. He's like, you know, price is a million dollars for each of us, whoever I recruit, you know, that sort of thing. And then he leaves, which I noticed was his car the same as Stacy's. Yeah, I think it was that white Stingray, wasn't it? Yeah. I can't remember. It, yeah, it, it, I guess so. I, I, I think it was. Those, I, I think it was actually, yeah, it yeah. was. I think that's probably Andy's car. And I was going to say, because yeah. it comes back in some of the later movies, yeah. too. Yeah. So, in the Lethal Ladies. It's a, nice, it's a nice car. Well, this is also the only, this was the only sequence filmed in L.A. Oh, okay. Which would lend credence to that, because. Oh, right. Yeah. And also, it's probably Andy's house, because yep. that's the house from all of the other stuff. That's yep. yep. Okay. So. Yeah, it is, yep. Uh, Drew is tasked with assembling a squad to take on the Kahuna and his six top lieutenants and recruits six former associates to take on the task. So we'll just run through them a little bit here. Alexa, played by Barbara Lee, takes on the Hermit, a hitman who does his killing in isolated caves, which, Tracy, yep. when we were watching it, you liked me the fact that this guy was on an episode of Star Trek. Yep. And I immediately knew exactly which character he was. Uh, of course you did. The one we meet where we meet Spock's dad on, on the original <laughs> series. The dude uh, has a very um, unique face. Un- yeah, is it the guy that's like really scary looking? Yes, like yeah. he looks like he. The he, guy who I kind of said an unkind thing about, and then Teresa told me it's because he was burned, and I felt bad. Oh, okay. I yeah. didn't. Oh, I didn't know that. He's either. a burn victim. Yeah, um, oh, that makes and he's sense. also in Salem's Lot. Yep. Oh yeah. Yeah. Who's but, he in that? Um, I think the helper guy. Yeah, like uh, the, the pale, pale blue with the weird teeth. Yeah, I can't remember. That's the main. That's the vampire. Yeah. That. I haven't. Seen, I've only ever seen him. So. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, that's that's him. So, oh, that makes sense. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, the cowboy. Mm-hmm. This is one of Drew's assassins. When everyone knows him, just called cowboy, is assigned to the butterfly, who lures in his victims at the beach. Uh, he's a drug dealer. Which it's just butterfly, by the way. Oh, just butterfly. Okay. Yeah. Um, and just cowboy. Just cowboy. Because like, later on, Jenny is like, "What's your first name?" And he says, "Drugstore." Um, wow (laughs) stupid but uh but butterfly is a drug dealer and we see him getting some drugs on the street from steve who do we see him get drugs from andy sedaris or or aka the man in white hat (laughs) that's what they credit him as (laughs) so but yeah that's that's where you get our real our real sedaris cameo right here there he is he's there Doesn't have any lines, but like he, he, I think he has a line in Hard Ticket to Hawaii. He has a few lines. He has a he's a line in a lot of them actually, yeah, but, especially uh, the ones he's that he does. But yeah, so there he is. Uh, Drew also enlists TK, a drag racer, um, to uh, to assassinate Mister Chin, who is a shipping magnate with an affinity for golf. Oh. Mm, I wonder if that'll come back up. <laughs> uh, next is the professor. Who's Richard Lepore, who was in Stacy, and will show up in a couple more Sedaris films. Uh, he's to eliminate Kiyoki McDowell, a money man with <laughs> a very which is the goofiest last name. Yeah, for this a guy. money man with a very precise routine. Yeah, I was thinking like this guy. He's named Kiyoki. He's definitely a person from East Asia, mm-hmm. and his last name is McDowell. He's a he's Scottish Asian. 
Yeah, yeah, no, yeah, I know. Yeah. Well, it's like the it's like we just watched uh, the other night. Uh, Dolph Lundgren's The Punisher, and Lou Gossett Jr.'s last character's last name is Berkowitz. Yeah, Berkowitz. Like, mm, I don't think so. <laughs> but uh, and then there's an interlude where Drew very kindly explains the plot to us. Uh, the criminal's goal is to take over Hawaii. Okay, that's a good one. Yeah. That's a good goal. Through their criminal activities. Yeah, and they, they explain that it's because of there's a declining economy, and there's like this whole economic well, the, thing about it, Like, too. their whole thing is to um, create, like, this perception of Hawaii is like, oh, it's just full of criminals, and nobody yeah. goes there, so like the land values will plummet and then they can buy the land for cheap and redevelop it and make a whole crap ton of money. Which is ridiculous. It's that a is ridiculous like the longest point. con. Yeah. yeah. But I'm like, also just like, that probably takes place in real life somewhere. I was going to say, <laughs> it probably really happened. Yeah. In Hawaii. Maybe. I don't know. It's possible. Next up, Drew enlists Ed Parker playing himself <laughs> which, to take out Mr. Lee, the point man for the criminals in East Asia. Ed Parker was a was it Taekwondo or Co- I I don't remember which I looked it up for uh, I forget oh god he's it yeah he's the one it was a type of karate I thought yeah he like he's an actual professional like karate uh, fighter he's uh, got a master terrible haircut oh yeah oh, oh yeah. yeah that is like the worst it's so weird I thought it was a wig but it's not it looks like it but yeah it looks like that a is... helmet yeah <laughs> it, 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 it looks like does, he yeah. truly is wearing a wig he just yeah. for whatever That's reason has hair that looks like a wig. Yeah, Which is kind of unfortunate. Yeah, it's pretty bad. Um, <clears throat> uh, the final recruit is Kinsella, played by comedian Art Matrano, uh, who is tasked to take out Kimo Maderos, a hitman, and who was the bad hair guy from the start of the film. Mm-hmm. And Art Matrano, uh, he's been a couple. He was, I think, he's been in another Sedaris movie, uh, but he was in, most importantly, Police Academy two and three. <laughs> Uh, their first assignment mm. and uh, what was the third one? Is there a mission to Moscow? No. The, the like the new generation. I can't remember. There's been so many police academy movies, but they kind of all run together. But they're all good. Mm-hmm. All seven, eight, twelve, thirteen. Yeah, sure. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, um, but and then Drew, of course, will take out the Kahuna himself. Oh yeah. Well, he's he's the man. Yeah, Drew's the man. And the Kahuna's. The, the big, the big, the big, Kuna. the big, yeah. Kuna. Yeah. Yeah. the big fish. He's Luca Brazzi. Yeah. He's the, uh, the puppet master. Yeah. Uh, and then after that, Drew and Alexa have sex. <laughs> no. Oh, weird. Yeah. There's but, sex in these movies? But, I didn't know that. Well, the, the thing is different about these ones. The rest of them, it's like you actually see them in the act of having sex. Mm-hmm. Where it's like in this movie, all the times it happens, it's like right before actual like, yeah, right before you actually like start seeing it, which is kind of odd. I'm like, yeah, because so you can see the un, you know the undressing and all that. Well, it's like, but you don't see like any of the actual action. Yeah, yeah, it's just the yeah. undressing. It's, part. it's like it's like implied sex, but I'm yeah. still counting it as sex. Yeah, no, because you, you don't counts. like get all warmed up and start up like that and not do it. Yeah, I mean they're they're clearly like they're smoking a cigarette in bed. Yeah. Like yeah. it's it's obvious. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the professor is waylaid by the accidental inflation of a blow-up doll in his carry-on. <laughs> Which I... Oh, that my is God, that conf- joke, that gag. Yeah, oh, I was like, I'm wow. still confused as to if that was really his doll or if somebody did that to him. 
I have no idea. It doesn't, well, doesn't well, make it clear. Well, because the doll comes back later on. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, well, well, yeah, he says to just put it on the flight. He says to check it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's like... It was such a weird... It was. I don't even know, like, that whole scene, like, the the the, the guy at the, the security thing's, like, laughing, and, like, he's like, and the just women put are it like, on there. And word. Yeah, it's like, what is happening? Yeah, <laughs> Why is this happening right now? <laughs> I couldn't tell if it really belonged to him, and it was truly an accident, or if somebody put that in his luggage... Well, he, whatever. Like you said, I think doesn't he like have it in his car at one point? Drew does later. Yeah, yeah Drew, Drew does. Later, yeah. Drew yeah, has okay. it in his car later. Yeah, because it's so vital to the plan. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. I wonder if this is the same. Like uh, speaking outside the plot of the movie for a moment, I wonder if this is the same blow up doll. It's not. It's okay. Because this one's brunette and that one's blonde. Okay, okay, I forgot. Okay, well, <laughs> all right. Thank you for checking into that. Yeah. <laughs> you, knew, you knew exactly where my mind was going. Yes. Uh, so all seven gather in Hawaii, along with Jenny, played by Susan Kiker, a masseuse. Which, uh, how does she show? I, how she, does she show up? I'm, is she just she there? She is employed by Alexa. Remember, Alexa's like she's a professional, and wherever I go, oh she yeah, goes. okay, okay, yeah. I, I'd forgotten about it. There's like yeah. kind of an unclear relationship, yeah. potentially sexual, between the two of them. Yeah. And then later, she has sex with Cowboy. Yeah, well, I mean, Jenny mean? does. Yeah, there's, there's a it's lot of trading off in these movies. Yeah, oh, oh god, there, yes. There's not like this, this stringent is, lines no. between relationships. No. This is the '70s, all right. Everybody just doing whatever this, they want. This yeah. weird exchange between the professor, the cowboy, or cowboy and Jenny, like all these like double entendres and sexual innuendos, which is where the title for this episode comes from. Here's to deep fingers. <laughs> I didn't even. I didn't know that. I, I didn't know that was going to be the title last night, and I can't use it. Well, why not, Jenny? Because it keeps or what did she say? It keeps chipping my teeth. Oh yeah, she, oh, she, my she god. takes out a vibrator. Yeah. Oh my god, the jokes in or, this one. Where she says it hurts my teeth. I think something she said, like yeah, that. something like that. And then yeah. some, I think the professor says, "Here, here's the deep fingers." Oh no, it, it's when they're talking about uh, her being a massage therapist. Okay, yeah. Oh yeah, that ma- that makes more sense. Yeah. But, but it's yeah. so bad. So, you know, but a great, that's a great title for the episode. <laughs> Trust me, I was watching this movie, I was like stopping and like, cause that, I, I had like five or six, like just <laughs> potential ones, but I'm like, well, that's, that's gotta be it. But, um, so their plan is to eliminate all seven criminals within 30 minutes of each other a few days from now. I think they start off on the plan on like a Thursday. Right. Cause you see like the typewriter and in, like interspersed, like, Cards say like Friday, Saturday, Sunday, mm-hmm. Sunday, yeah. Sunday, Sunday. Yep. Um, they ought to be killed within thirty minutes of each other because otherwise they'd warn the rest of them. And, right, right, so. right. So they all break up to tackle their assignments, and we see like kind of like not necessarily a montage, but all of them kind of just like getting their game plan together, figuring out like you know how to you know get them in their spots where they yep. need to be that sort of thing, and that goes on for like. 20 minutes yeah it does it's it like honestly a, is a big a, part of the movie it's a bit of a detriment to the film how many characters they yeah, have cause yeah because there's seven uh, heroes seven villains so there's at least 14 and there's 14 a lot of machinations to get them close yeah. together yeah yeah and, and there's a few side characters quick. it's like yeah it's like like mark cove and a few other go like jenny. a few of the other goons jenny it's like there's a lot of characters to keep track of. Yeah, yeah it's it's very it's very convoluted because yeah, you can't, which it's it, hard to keep track. Thankfully, of like he would kind of trim that down later on. Usually, it'd be like a team of heroes and like maybe a couple of, like a main villain and a few goons, and yeah. not seven 
heroes. Not seven versus seven. Like, yeah. like yeah. main main, they'll have like three or four, and then like some ancillary people. Yeah. yeah. But they'll be off doing their own thing. Yeah. Um. So we fast forward through all their setups. Um. The professor gets drunk because he has to watch Kyoki McDowell. And McDowell has this routine where he's like always at the restaurant at this time and yada yada mm-hmm. yada, and that comes back into play later. Mm-hmm. But of course, the professor's a bit of a lech, so he's hitting on the waitress, and of course, you know. He's like, will you meet me at this time? Get a little something-something going. I'm I'm a man alone. (laughs) Uh, And they start start to engage in uh, intercourse. Coitus, as you say. And this is where the weirdest use of silly string comes in. Oh, my it's God. Edible. Yeah, this part. I, uh, this, I was like, what is happening? It's Again, edible. there's so many parts in this where I'm just like, what like, is happening? Like, I should have, I'm going to look this up right now. Like, when did silly string become a thing? He freaks out, though. The professor freaks out at yeah, the silly like string. Yeah, he's never seen it before. And, and acts like he's about to be real pissed off. Yeah. And then she's like, it's fine. It's silly string, baby. You can eat it. And I was like, I definitely would not don't be eat, eating don't any. Don't eat it. Don't eat it. <laughs> I don't think it's edible. <laughs> 19, a patent was issued in 1972. Geez, so it was like new. Two, yeah, it's probably like coming to market around this time. So it's like, yeah, it's probably just (laughs) a new thing. And he's like, well, I saw that in a movie somehow. Yeah, it's probably popular. throwing it in a sex scene. Hey, you know, you gotta get silly sometimes. Gotta get silly sometimes. And And I don't think anybody really wanted to do a sex scene with the old professor guy. (laughs) That's weird. He did have a very hairy chest. Yeah, and he was old. Like, old, old. (laughs) Like, yeah. probably upper 50s, 60s. You know, you know, though, there's another sex scene that I bet you people wanted to be in even less. And I'll talk about that <laughs> later on. Yep. Yep, I know exactly which one you're talking about. Yeah. So, uh, this is, you know, we start seeing, like, uh, uh, part of their, like, you know, setting for their assignments. We see uh, a lot of stock footage from a Wide World of Sports, which... A lot of surfing. Yeah, a lot of surfing. It's like, there's no way that's not stock footage from Wide World of Sports. No way, no how. Um, but finally, Sunday, the killing day arrives. The killing day. Yep. Uh, Cowboy takes out a couple goons by trapping them in their car, dousing it in gas, and exploding it along with the nearby gas station. Isn't this the this is the scene you know, where yeah where the girls like bending over the oh yeah she's, and she's distracting clothes. them and, and like the goons are like just giving running commentary like oh look at her she's taking off all her clothes <laughs> yeah, that's right yeah <laughs> so, like, I don't, yeah look, that's... look at this guy I don't, I don't believe this she's taking off her top <laughs> oh can and, you believe and that then the, and then he's like Cliff she too young for you <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's like it's like oh wee, that got weird uh, yeah because they're old well, men but they die so it's fine yeah. they die in a fiery explosion. Uh, Ed Parker fights Mr. Lee in a kung fu battle. Yeah. Uh, before throwing him out a skyscraper window, which would also become a Sedaris fruit. Oh, man. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's, the same, so it's good, also yeah. the same skyscraper that uh, people get thrown out of every time. And I wonder if it's like his office there. And they just put like sugar glass in there. Like, and they're like, just maintain that window. Okay. Because <laughs> like, it looks like the same set of doors. Oh, from, it is. It's yeah, 100% yeah. the same office. And yeah. that dummy that flies out the window. Yeah. It's so good. They probably, he probably kept an LA office on retainer. Yeah. And then just used oh, it yeah. whenever he needed it. Yeah. Um, Kinsella lures Kimo and Skip to the club by telling Kimo that he intends to sell it to him. And then he has a comedy routine to lower their 
kind of lower their guard. Oh, God. <laughs> and that, Art, comedy Art, Art Matrano, that was his actual comedy routine. Oh, no. It was and so Martin racist. Cove's laughter is genuine. He could I, not stop laughing at it. Like, he is genuinely laughing at it's it. It's so racist. That that whole bit is, he he's like, yeah. if we're in America, if you're black, you could just say, or if you're white and you want to be black, you just say that you're black. And well, the thing, the thing is, racist. like, I think he was, like, saying, like, I want to be black. So I'm, I'm, he, he's trying to do black comedy. Yeah. And that's the that, problem. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's like, like, what is happening? This yeah. is like Richard Pryor, Eddie Murphy material coming out of the mouth of a white dude with curly hair. Yeah, like, like an Italian true. white guy. <laughs> yeah, he, he could not do this routine today. <laughs> God, no. But yeah, but yeah, Mark generally found it funny. <laughs> so, um, If you close your eyes and just imagine it's Richard Pryor, it is yeah. funny. <laughs> but it's, it's, it's a huge problem, yeah. considering but, it's a white dude delivering this. Uh, but then we cut away from them. Uh, cowboy... He uh, manages to get Butterfly to wear a shirt that literally has a bullseye on it. <laughs> and gives him really surfing and then shoots and kills him from a distance. Yep. Before Miley shows up and shoots Cowboy. Yeah. But Cowboy is saved by his lucky medallion, which uh. stops the bullet. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Classic. Yep. Classic. Um, Alexa had managed to get to the hermit, and the hermit, you know, had kind of been like, "Oh yeah, let me show you around my jungle here." Oh god, this part, man, too. I was, was I was, uh, my skin was crawling the whole time. Yeah, because this guy is frightening looking. Yeah, he's terrifying looking. Uh, it, not, it, you know, not his it's fault. Not his fault, but but he is. Yeah, he is. And I think he, I think they used no, he that. Played, he played to it. He looks yeah, like exactly. A I mean, because yeah. he he played the the vampire in Sa- Salem's Lot, and yeah. he played this character amazingly. Yeah. yeah. Uh, he tips to rape Alexa in the jungle. He rapes her. Best rape. Well, yeah, I mean, yeah, maybe he didn't get as far as... It's sexual assault, at the least. Yeah, it's at least sexual assault. Yeah. Um, Based but, off of but, his movements is what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah true. That's I think true. we're supposed to... Yeah. It's very uncomfortable. I hated that scene. Yeah, yeah well... It's okay. Yeah. Continue. I, d- I did not include that in the sex count. Well, I wouldn't. Yeah, I don't think that that <laughs> no. counts. No. I don't, only I don't consensual. Count rape. Yes. <laughs> only yeah. consensual. Yeah, uh, but she manages to knock him unconscious and kills him via an explosive timer planted by his groin, and he explodes. Oh, it's great! Like <laughs> such a good explosion. into a million little pieces. Yeah. It's so good. Like that's one of the best ones in the whole movie. Like, especially because he's he just disintegrates. Well, and especially because he was so skeezy right beforehand too. Yeah. You know, just like yes. Yeah. She <laughs> says, uh, yeah. Alexa says. Uh, I know you want to get your rocks off. Try this. And then she yeah. puts the timer yep. right next to his balls. Yep. Uh, Drew attempts to kill Kahuna in a drive-by shooting, but is foiled by bulletproof glass. Bulletproof glass. But he manages to get close enough because in his passenger seat, he had the blow-up doll. Yep. Be- yeah. There wasn't it like, oh, like he was like groping like it? it. Yeah. yeah, and they're yeah. like, oh my god! Look and the driver's this. like, and the driver's like, hey, hey look, 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 look over there. <laughs> that, was, that was like what's a that guy theme. doing. It's like a theme in the movie. Like people go, hey, what's going on over there? <laughs> what's that guy doing? Is he is he actually he, doing he, that right he, now? He's also wearing a disguise. Like he's wearing a well, he, he had stuff. to evade uh, the skateboarder because the skateboarder right. was sent to his hotel to keep an eye on him. Well, they're already that's right. He had multiple disguises. Like he changes, and then he gets in the car and puts a blow up doll so that the skateboarder would never suspect. He's a master a master disguise yeah. i mean <laughs> sure, uh yeah. we cut back to kinsella who kills skip and chemo with a shotgun but he's shot and killed by skip before he dies yeah that so. was sad except he was racist he so. says it's showtime yeah, and then he dies yeah. <laughs> uh mcdowell is killed by a rocket which was launched by the professor from the other side of the island it's which like just like took rocket. half the movie to get there yeah it's like rock this rocket bullet thing because like 
McDowell is so precise with his timing and with everything, and that's what the professor was kind of keeping an eye, get, get, you know, figuring out. Yeah. He like called time and weather. It was like, what's the what's the wind like? Yeah, what's humidity for today? Wind yeah. speed and all that stuff. And, and then like, and then there's like a thing where he has a calculator, like a montage. Oh, he has he's like got a five different devices. He has and like a protractor. Like, yeah, a protractor. And then there's like a map, and he has a calculator. That he's a typing compass. In. Yeah, it's like he's got like all like the but the little gadgets. I, I want to stress that they shoot this thing off like halfway into the movie and then it finally gets <laughs> yeah. to him about around the end of the movie <laughs> yeah and the, the other unsatisfying thing is that he kills several people with this and two. they don't and they don't blow up yeah that's yeah, the I thing just, i wish yeah. they did blow up that would have uh, yeah. been like that would have been just like mm, chef's kiss yeah exactly yeah, but well, but again you know Andy might still be learning he hasn't reached his i'm pretty yet. sure there is a one of the movies that does happen oh so. uh, yes it does <laughs> uh the kahuna escapes in a plane Followed closely by Drew. Just gets in a plane and follows him because I guess he can fly. <laughs> no, he's a, he charters a plane and they fly him there. He's a passenger, though. I thought he flew it. Mm-hmm. No. No, they, lay, they lead him back to a chartered plane and then he just gets out of the side oh, of the plane. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Yeah. It's probably uh, uh, Donna, Donna Spear. <laughs> yeah, we <laughs> we can make that headcanon. Um <laughs> Uh, Drew is chased from the landing strip by another of Kahuna's goons, whom Drew kills. Drew then explodes the goon's bike to get the attention of Alexa, who is flying back in a helicopter after exploding the hermit. Uh, Kahuna flees by boat, but is killed by Drew. But then we see that it was a goon dressed like Kahuna. The whole time. The whole time. (laughs) Not the whole time, but, just since they were on the boat. <laughs> so you think, like, oh no, the coon's going to get away. But no. Drew's smarter than that. Because on the beach, the professor launches another <laughs> rocket bullet thing. Rocket which bullet thing. kills the Kahuna. It doesn't explode him. Oh, it does bye, not bye, explode Kahuna. him. And, the, and the, reason we f- the reason Drew knew the first guy wasn't the Kahuna, because Kahuna was left handed. That's this guy right. was shooting yeah. at him right-handed. Yeah. He knew it. He's yep. like, I, I knew it the whole time. Never fooled so, me. <laughs> in the movie, they're all gathered at the Hulu Tiki Bar, you know, discussing everything, raising a glass to Kinsella, who was killed. But they have to take out one more. Miley, the hula dancer. Oh, from yeah. the beginning of the movie. Don't forget about her. She is dispatched during the show by Jenny, who uh, has fallen for Cowboy. Uh, they've also had sex at this point. <laughs> and he, he puts the, his hat over the gun. Yeah. And then the professor says, here, let me, dear. And he lifts yes. up the gun, or lifts up the hat, and yep. then she shoots yep. Miley. Uh. The movie ends with the seven headed back to the main. Oh, wait, wait, Jenny and Cowboy don't have sex. Yeah, oh. they do. They do? Oh. Yeah, they do. Are you sure? Huh? Yeah, because there's okay. a part where Jenny saunters out of the bedroom, oh, yeah, not wearing yeah, yeah. a top, okay. and then he helps her put it back on. I just That's messed right. up the count yeah. then, yeah. I'm like, okay. I thought they did, but anyway. But yeah, movie ends with Seven headed it's, back to the mainland. It's not on screen. Yeah, it's, so. it's implied. Yeah. But well, so you got to count the implied yeah, ones. I mean... So, so that was... That was 1979-7. It's, uh, it's, it's pretty complicated. There's a lot of moving pieces that are happening. And I've seen the movie now three times, and I feel like I still didn't catch everything. Um, and for some reason, it didn't make as much sense when I watched it at regular speed. So I watched it at one and a half times speed so I could get through and do my counts for this one. And it was 
more, made more sense, which I don't know how <laughs> that's possible, but it did. Probably because you could catch more of what they're saying and more of the plot points. Maybe I was just paying more attention. I I also want to say that the I thought that the squibs were excellent in this movie. Um, there's a lot of them, and they're very, very good, starting from the very beginning of the film. Um, I do also want to mention that the uh, the senator or the, the politician, I think the no. mayor, yeah. Is uh is uh Bernie Lomax from Weekend at Bernie's? Oh wow, really? Yeah, oh. yeah. You just don't recognize him because he doesn't have sunglasses on. Oh. And he's not, and he's not alive. Yeah. And he's, he's, he's alive in this movie. Well, because in in the Bernie Weekend at Bernie's movies, he's almost always wearing sunglasses. Yeah. W- yeah. With the in in the second one, he's entirely his, wearing you know, sunglasses. Rotted out eyeballs. Yeah. <laughs> but in the first one, you know, I forgot there was a second one. Oh, yeah. there's a second one. Yeah, yeah. How do they even figure? Like, how do they even? I, there's yeah. a way they do it but he goes to like a hulao and stuff he's like he's like dancing at one point oh, in the yeah. second one I, I don't what a weird movie yeah but yeah so bernie lomax um he's in it briefly um also i read so this you know imdb trivia like take that with a grain of salt because it can be user submitted but um somebody said that this was the invention of the shooting the swordsman thing that they do in indiana jones um, I read that in the trivia. I don't think that that's actually the case, but Andy claims that in the book. Yeah. Oh, does, oh, he? does he really? Yeah. So that's great. you know, in Indiana Jones, like there's oh, the of part, course, yeah, yeah that's okay. a famous scene. Yeah, super famous. Um, where he shoots a swordsman, and uh, in the trivia on IMDb, it's uh, it's claimed, and apparently Andy also claims that that's where it came from. Uh, I read in a separate article about Indiana Jones that uh, that um, what's his face. Harrison Ford. Harrison Ford just came up with that because he's like, this is a problem of time. Like, we don't have time to be doing this. I've heard a different reason. Oh, okay. Oh, geez. Uh, Him and a bunch of the crew had eaten some of the local food and got sick and had the shits. And Harrison Ford was just like, Steve, I can give you like 10 minutes. Oh, okay. Well, that, I mean, maybe I missed it. Because apparently the stuntman was like, like, yeah, there was a whole elaborate scene filmed. And the stuntman was just kind of like, kind of pissed that he didn't because he practiced this whole time and like he was pissed he didn't get to do it yeah but i'd say just you know deal with it you're one of the, it, it it made a good scene great it did actually so. i mean it made it iconic so yeah. yeah but yeah it's it's the scene where like uh i think it's ed parker's like uh there's like one of the kung fu guys he's like doing all his moves and yeah. ed parker gets the guns like hi yeah my ass and blows yeah. it away it's like he literally says that hi yeah my ass it's like um I don't know, Andy. <laughs> I don't know, man. Because when was uh, when was Raiders? Eighty one. So two, this would have been before later. Raiders. Yeah. So just saying. Um. It's it's possible, but I don't know. I would also like to introduce the incinerating paper trope. Um, oh my god! Yeah, I forgot. Oh, good lord! Yeah, there's a there's a part in I think there's a part in Stacy where they use it, and in then in this one on the boat when Alexa's reading about the mm. the mission, um, she lights lights the paper on fire with her cigarette and the paper incinerates. I'm like, this is so cool. It happens twice. Oh, it does Cancelo, uh, the, com- uh, the comedian, he has one of those oh, too. Oh, right, yeah. right, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. It's like, it's like a Mission Impossible thing. Oh, like, yeah. I'm sure it was. No, this probably was. Exploded in five seconds. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and uh, the skateboarder guy, you're going to hear us <laughs> refer to him again yep. in uh, Hard Ticket. So I'm going to save the deep dive on him till Hard Ticket because he's quite possibly the best part <laughs> yeah. of hard ticket to hawaii yes. so i'm was, gonna save it for that but yeah 
he is legitimately a legendary skateboarder and that's all i'll say for right now but uh just keep an eye out he's gonna be back um yeah and I also want to say, so Jenny and Cowboy are kind of like minor characters in terms of this, the assassins. Only Cowboy is considered one of the seven. Jenny's not considered one of the seven because she's simply a massage therapist. Uh, but their interactions and like some of the conversations that they're having during the movie feel so much like the later Sedaris films. I feel like that's where he really got yeah. a lot of, uh, he was like playing with that and trying to suss it out. And then he was like, okay, th- no, this works. Yeah. We need to have these two. Yeah. And I think Bruce Penhall, I think cowboy was Bruce Penhall's character's uh, predecessor. Yeah. The only Never. difference is I that, see that. Yeah. that he's not shirtless. Cowboy's not shirtless. Uh, uh, not throughout the entire well, movie. Well, Bruce Pennell's not shirtless. He's got his leather vest. <laughs> well, you know he's got a shirt on underneath. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, yeah. So, let's get to our Sedaris metrics. Uh-oh. Um, you want to go first, Cody? Yep. Cody. As I mentioned, the Tit Tracker. Tit Tracker 9000. Stacy, they appeared in... Like a minute, like less than two minutes. Mm-hmm. Here it takes over eleven. Eleven minutes, wow. thirty-eight seconds. I don't like that. Well, <laughs> uh, I, 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 you know, we'll, we'll, you know, I'll keep track of this as we go along. But it, I feel like that might be the longest time so, before we see a pair, the first pair of uh, memories in the movie. Memories. Wow, way to go, scientific. With I, had, it. <laughs> I, had to, I had to alliterate memories in the movie. Okay, so th- that makes it number two in of two. Yes, <laughs> of two, two of films. Two. Uh, Steve? Yeah. You want to do explosions? Explosions! There were four explosions in the movie. Mm. Uh, gas station exploding, the hermit exploding, my favorite. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I'd, say, I'd say that's our explosion of the film. Yeah, golf shack with Mitch's chin, he gets exploded. Yes, I did. I did, uh, I did. Blown I did. up by Hank. That part of the movie. Or, yeah. Yeah, I did forget about yeah. that. That's all right. There's so much. Yeah, there's so much. There are well, so many things to We'll get talk back about. to that when I yeah. go through the kills. Uh, motorcycle explosion on the beach. So Alexa can find Drew. So that's when you were talking about Alexa trying to find Drew. Um, Yeah, the motorcycle exploded. So four explosions. So more than Stacy, which I had zero and will always be last. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) All right. Kill count. Here we go. Yeah, this one I'm curious about because there was a lot more than the last movie. 27.5. I'll I'll explain the point five. Yeah, please do. (laughs) Okay, so the first two are the U.S. agent and his wife at the hula bar. Mm -hmm. Killed by uh, Crease. Yep, killed by Crease. And then the bearded man with the Hawaiian shirt who's killed by the spear. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's the guy who's clearly not the same guy that's spinning the fire. Yes. (laughs) Uh, It's clearly like somebody who's actually a fire dancer um, spinning the fire. And then by the time he gets back to the car with Martin Cove, he's like... Uh, oh no i did it that's fine and it's just like a white guy in kind of blackface it's not good um so that's three four is uh less who's killed by the skateboard kid miley miley is like uh, he's like miley why did you get me out here five o'clock in the morning it's cl- clearly not 5 a.m mm. and the skateboarder <laughs> comes and shoots him with a crossbow uh then uh so that's number four five six and seven is the senator his ass- bernie lomax his assistant and their driver uh, eight is the hermit's victim in his cave when they do the flashback of how the hermit is mm, so bloodthirsty yeah. that he has to do his own kills. Uh, then fast forward, there's not, there aren't any for several, a long time actually, but then we have Mr. Lee thrown out the window. Uh, 
we have um, the white shirt bodyguard. And then we also have the black gee guy. That's what I wrote it as, is black gee guy. The, That's the one who, where he says, yeah. hi on my ass. Um, and then we have Nico and his driver. Those are the ones that got blown up at Tommy's gas station. Um, then Cowboy Kills Butterfly on the surfboard. Then the half that I counted is Danny killing the blow-up doll. <laughs> oh, yeah, because he does shoot and deflates. Yeah. Oh, yeah. my God, I forgot about Yeah, I totally forgot. So that's the half. It's not a real person, but, you know, we still have to mourn and yeah. acknowledge. Um, <laughs> then Drew <laughs> Drew kills the skater. He runs him over yeah. a bunch of times. Yeah. <laughs> Hits him with his car a lot. Uh, then we have the very confusing scene in the bar where Kinsella kills Skip, uh, and then Medeiros and also the bartender. And then conversely, Skip kills Kinsella. It's a lot of shooting yep. happening. Um, then the professor kills Kiyoki and his bodyguard with the, the missile bullet thing. Uh, the, the bag boy at the airport, after Drew gets off the plane, the bag boy at the airport gets shot by the yellow jacket guard. And I call him the yellow jacket guard because he's wearing a, a motorcycle helmet, so you can't see his face until the very end. Then Drew kills the yellow jacket guard, and as he's dying, he's, like, reading him his Miranda rights, and then he throws it, throws it away, and he's like, idiot, or something like that. <laughs> yeah, it's really it's like, stupid. What? It's like, you're not a cop. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't make any sense. You, you were literally sent out to kill these, like, this whoever... <laughs> generic government agency specifically hired you to kill people yeah <laughs> what and then drew kills the kahuna's guard his bodyguard and then kahuna kills his own body double oh, he yeah, gets yeah. shot and he's hurt and then he's on the edge of the boat he's like just stay here i'll get i'll get you first aid and then he comes out with a gun and shoots him uh then uh drew hits kahuna on the boat or, or, sorry, the professor shoots Kahuna on the... No, no, it's actually Drew. Drew takes Professor's gun and shoots him. And oh, the professor's like, was... you never cease to surprise me. Oh, that was the professor I got. Oh. No, but it's his, it is his gun, but Drew does yeah. it. Then Alexa kills Miley at the luau. So that's 27 and a half kills. No, oh, hold on. Did you, mis- did you mention Mr. Chen getting blown up in the... Golf course. Yeah. Hold on. Because it's like him and his driver is like caddy i guess i don't know it's the one guy in the he's in the hang glider and he's like you son of a bitch and he's like shooting at him from the hang glider he yeah, blows I, up the he blows it up no i think you're right i wrote it down in the explosions but i didn't write it down in the yeah so yeah so mr chance at so, 28 and a half wait 20, no, no 29 and a half because yeah, another guy the other guy killed with it was like it was like eight oh that's right whatever, you're yeah. right you're right yeah it's 29 and a half 29 and a half and yes. I, I don't know what that golf shack was it's kind of weird it was That's just to get blown up. <laughs> I, mean, just, I, think, I think it was like the bathroom. An open-air bathroom? Yeah. Yeah, why not? That's weird. Okay. Also, it was just there to get blown up. Yeah. <laughs> Clearly assembled it, for the occasion. Blown up, it does. That is the biggest explosion in the entire movie. <laughs> it's, it's intense. It uh, rocks yeah. the camera. Yeah. I forget what great. character that is that's, that was sent to kill him, but the hang glider thing. Which one? Yeah. TK. Yeah. TK. He's the race car driver. Oh, my lord. That he was... gets recruited at like an Orange Julius. Yeah. He's such... You don't see those around anymore. No. Oh, that's right. Yeah, I remember that. Unless they're in with Dairy Queen. Yeah, they got bought by Dairy Queen. Um, And also, I looked up Larry Van Zant Racing, which is the name that's written on the side of the car. Uh, Larry Van Zant's still alive. It's still a thing. In relation to Steve Steve, uh, Steve Van Zant? Not that I could find. (laughs) I did look, though. Yeah. All right. Uh, So, next up, sex count. (laughs) 
how many times you had to say it like that. How many times we've got sex in the movie? Did you drink too much coffee today? You need to settle down. Sex. Okay. All right. Uh, how many times we've got sexual relations? <laughs> Three times. Uh, That's pretty said, low for us, Daenerys. Maybe. Yeah. Cowboy and uh, Jenny, which I think is the same number as um, Stacy. Yeah, that, that one might have been two, if I remember correctly, but. Yeah, kind of low. Uh, Cowboy and Jenny and Drew and Alexa and the professor and the waitress with mm. Silly String. Silly String, God. Uh, so, yeah. So, three on six count. Well, I again, I have the honor of mm-hmm. Sedaris sightings. Mm. And I'm going to say two because there was one in the photograph and then yes. him with his little white hat. Two Sedaris sightings. The man himself. Yep. Butterfly purchases illicit substances from him yeah yeah who knows what it is who knows um i have the alumnus the sedaris alumnus Mm. Um, there are several in this film um both people who were in stacy and this movie or people who were in this movie and then later films uh richard lapore which we had mentioned in the last film like the second of four he's in i think yeah uh, Art Matrano is actually in Malibu Express as well. Uh, Kwan Hai Kim is in Hard Ticket to Hawaii. He plays one of the Japanese businessmen in that movie. Yeah. Um, and then I I did look this up to see how you say his name, and I could not find anything about it. So I'm going to do my best, and it's going to sound real dumb because I'm because I'm not sure how to pronounce it. It's Gooch Kook. Yeah, he's a cowboy. Yeah, the guy who plays cowboy. His name is Gooch. Gooch Kook. It's G. It looks Dutch. G U I C H. Maybe Guish. Guish. Guish cock. <laughs> oh, Is he so still sorry. alive? Can we just call him up and ask him? <laughs> hey, 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 Gooch. Mister Koch or whatever. <laughs> Mister Koch. <laughs> oh, I, f- I feel bad because yeah. I, I never like to mispronounce somebody's name. I know. That also yeah, like. sometimes they're hard though. Okay, so. The the featured alumnus, though, that I wanted to uh, spend a little bit of extra time on is Peter Connect. So he was the dude with bad hair at the beginning of the movie. Chemo. Yeah. Chemo. Yeah. Uh, I remember. Medeiros. Chemo yeah. Medeiros. Martin Cove's boss. Yeah. He was a real famous celebrity lawyer, like a famous Hollywood defense attorney. So he's the Robert Kardashian of this film? He <laughs> repped such folks as OJ Simpson, David Crosby, Sly Stone, Dennis Hopper, Andy Garcia, Peter Fonda, John Barrymore Jr., Jason Priestley, Ike Turner, Rob Lowe, Robert Blake, Ch- oh. Robert Blake. Oh. Yeah. Oh boy. Oh no. <laughs> Charles Bronson and Robert Downey Jr. So those Man, were so, some so, of his clientele. So he, he had some work. He, he had yeah. he had some work just between Robert Blake and uh, Ike Turner. He had yeah. some work. Yeah, geez. So so bigwig. <laughs> also, he is was married. He passed away, uh, but he was married to Doctor Ava Cadell. Also, you might remember her from K Love, the radio station in the later films. She's Ava. K Sexy. Yeah, she's Ava. Yeah, K Sexy. Sorry. The, oh, she's Ava. Um, the chick from Commando. Yeah. Oh wow. Oh, oh man! Okay, <laughs> so right. now we're she, cooking with gas. She is actually a, really a doctor. Uh, her name is Doctor Cadell. Um, she's still practicing, and she's a sexologist and relationship doctor. Wow! So she's like Doctor Laura. 
So, so it's yeah, it's pretty cool. Sexy and intelligent. Yeah. Mm. And you can actually still get a hold of her. She's got her office number on her on her face. I won't her... get her out here for an interview. Yeah, what the heck? Well, you got to pay money, you know. You don't she, have to pay money. Just ask her. Just say we want to interview her for our podcast. Well, that's she, about the, the, the movie she was, was, she was no. in. Okay, all right. Don't Come on, what are you doing? She, was, she wasn't in this one, but Peter Connect is well, in oh, one I mean, more. I mean, later on, you know. <laughs> but I thought that was pretty interesting yeah. that he it, is like a legitimate big time defense, yeah, de- defense, uh, defense attorney in Hollywood. And then also he's married to an actress who later is in many Sedaris films. Andy, and, Andy he travels in such circles, such high, such. High-powered circles. <laughs> I, I also tried to find um, a little bit of information about some of the cases that he was representing these people on. Um, I wasn't able to find a lot. Hopefully not Robert Blake on that on one particular case. Yeah, no, <laughs> I feel like that would have been pretty high. Outside pretty like high an profile. entertainment attorney's uh, uh, abilities. <laughs> yeah. Um, I did see that uh, when... David Crosby got put in jail for drug possession and battery because he apparently beat yeah. up some women. He defended him during that. That makes um, sense, like Robert Aaron Jr. because it's probably drug related. It was drug related. Yeah. it was back when he couldn't get off of drugs. Yeah. So, um, I think that's kind of what he specialized in is more like gossip stuff, like you yeah. know, uh, probably people like on lawyer, drugs. lawyer slash PR guy. Yeah. Yeah. Um. But I don't think Robert Blake. I feel like if that was the case, it probably would have been on his Wikipedia page, and it was yeah. not. Yeah. Um, um, but yeah, I thought that was uh, that was like my my cool, fascinating thing that I found for this for this particular episode. Yeah, that was good. Yeah. Uh, next up, Playboy Playmates or Penthouse Pets. Two. Yeah. There were two. Bar- Barbara Lee. Uh, Susan Kiger, who was the centerfold for January 1977, and Leon uh, Leanne Michelle from February 1979. Was... Barbara Lee was not a Playboy playmate; like she was featured in Playboy, uh... was never a playmate. I see, I see. So, so uh, who who are those people? Who did they play? Uh, Susan Kiger was Jenny. Oh, okay, that makes sense. She shows her boobs a lot, and yeah. then the other one was Drew's Chippy. Well, Leanne Michelle, I couldn't <laughs> figure out who she was in the movie. Oh, okay. I don't know, because, like, she could have been a waitress, for all I know, but, like, oh. I couldn't figure, like, that's a bad thing. It's, like, it can be hard to figure out who's who, especially if, like, IMDb does not have any pictures. Yeah, they don't. A lot of them are, don't have a picture on there. Yeah, so it's, like, it, it can be kind of hard to figure out, and especially it's, like, if they're credited as a specific, like, a character name, and you don't catch that name, or they don't actually say it in the movie, right. which happens, it's, like, that can be difficult to find out. So, uh, but, yeah, Susan Kiger... Uh, was Jenny and Leanne Michelle? I don't so. see Leanne Michelle in the credits. That's according to the book. Oh, okay. So well, I'm I'm gonna go with the book. <laughs> so, but yeah, so those were the two in this one. There were two in the last movie too. So, mm-hmm. uh, but certainly not the last ones to ever mm. appear. Oh no, no, no! There's so, so many more. I think that's all of our metrics. I think our last one is our. Sedaris rating or RC rating. RC. Oh yeah. What yep. what was my RC thing? I think yours he, were planes. Mine were trucks. Your trucks. And were mine boats. was boats. Yeah. I think mine was helicopters. Same helicopters. Yeah. yeah. Air airborne thing. Yeah. So <laughs> Teresa, how many RC helicopters do you want to give this film? How many did I give the last one? Two and a half. Uh, it wasn't that high. Was it two? Okay. It was either one or two. 
I know one of you had one and one of you had two. I think I had two. So okay. then you had one. Okay, I'm going to say two and a half on this one. Um, it's more in line with what I expect out of a Sedaris movie, but the complicated plot line totally bogs it down and makes it very confusing um, to the point where even you know after the third time I've watched it, I'm still not sure I have all of the pieces married together. And I'm saying that with a grain of salt because I know that Sedaris movies aren't known necessarily for their plot consistency, but you ha- like those movies also aren't bogged down by a lot of story. So that's what I'll say about this one. This is probably where you learned, like, hey, maybe not too, too complex of a plot. Less story, yeah. more boobs, More Go. explosions. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'll give it a, I'm going to give it a, I have RC trucks, mm-hmm. and I'm going to give it two RC trucks. Um, pretty much same reasons. Like, I don't know, there wasn't, there's just not enough of the, See, she, she it's it's moving in that direction of like what he, yeah. the stuff that he finds, but it, there, there's not enough of it in there. There's only like yeah. a, you know a couple boobs. There's only well, you know well, what I mean like, some good good yeah. explosions and stuff, but yeah. great squibs. But like I don't know, it just and the it, like she said the the story completely bogs it down. Yeah. It, like there's just too much going on. It, it's really super hard to follow. But yeah. I have RC boats. Um, I gave Stacy a two, which, looking back on it, was probably a little generous. But this was definitely better than Stacy. So I will give this a middle-of-the-road two-and-a-half boats. So it's like two whole boats and then one boat that was, like, cut in half in an accident. Like, another boat just plowed <laughs> or, through. It just blew up part of it. Yeah. So, like, it's like two boats and the stern of a boat. Um, yeah. Like you, like I said, you can definitely see things moving in that direction. Um and there just wasn't as much as what would come later. But, I mean, I would watch it again, but at much wider intervals than I would when I would watch other Sedaris films. Like, I could probably watch Hard Ticket to White, like, every six months or, like, once a year. <laughs> this I could probably do, like, every five years. Like, once I've forgotten about it. We should make that a Christmas tradition, watching Hard Ticket. <laughs> it's a Christmas gift to ourselves. What's a, what's a Christmassy about it? Nothing. Not that's a the best thing, part. Except that's, that's it's a gift perfect. to us, to ourselves. It's and actually a, opposite of Christmas. He never did a Christmas like... theme movie, did he? No. no. Oh, that's a Not shame. That I remember. I don't remember None any trees. None of them had trees Christmas in it. No, uh, that's, no. a, that's a shame. Yeah. That, that, that's, a, that's a missed opportunity. Um, a side note, um, Lee and Michelle is the chippy, the British one. Oh, from the beginning. Okay. From for, Yeah, from Drew's Okay, uh, I kind of thought so, but like, yeah, it's like, it, it was hard for me to figure out. I, I Google image searched it. Had to turn safe search off. Because she's a playboy, yeah. playboy, playmate. But um, uh, yeah. So so now that we have Stacy and Seven done, and we're next time we'll be talking about the first entry of the main Bullets, Bombs, and Babe series. Let me ask you guys this: Are you like having watched all of those before, and now having watched these two, and knowing what is coming? Are you glad you've watched these two? I am. I'm glad. To, I'm. I'm very happy to see the. Uh evolution of yeah. his his filming uh you know um feature length films like this and it's interesting to see where he came from so i'm yeah. glad i saw them both and honestly the girl and i, I i'm terrible with names so the girl and stacy that plays stacy mm-hmm. she uh, is Anne randall yeah she is gorgeous mm. she is beautiful i think she's one of the more like naturally gorgeous girls that are in most of the movies so Yes, I'm glad I saw it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And trust me, that naturally gorgeous will become 
hit or miss <laughs> yeah. later on in later movies. Um, yeah, I'm I'm glad to have some context uh, for the uh, Lethal Ladies series. Um, I'm glad that I watched them. Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm glad too. Because um, initially we're just like you know maybe just do the main series. I'm thinking, well, you know, maybe add a couple of these, maybe watch these two kind of, you know, send the series out a little bit longer and kind of see how it progresses. Yeah, I'm glad I've watched them too. I never have to watch Stacy again. Agreed. Um, but Seven, it's like, it's, it's almost there. It's almost there. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's, it's, it's like. It's got too many dudes, honestly. It does. It, it really does. It does. It's got too many men. It, it's too Bullets, Bombs, and Babes, Episode floor. Zero. Yeah. So it's like. You could almost watch this as like a prequel to watch to what's coming. Yeah. Um, but then, but then he got the formula right, where he's like, "Oh, more women, <laughs> more women, more explosions, less plot, less dudes." Yeah, yeah definitely less dudes. Yeah. Um, and that was the winning formula. It was, yeah. and it won for well over like a decade and a half. Yeah. For twelve movies. Um, so, what are we watching next time? We'll be watching the first entry. First official entry in the Bullets, Bombs, and Babe series. 1985's Malibu Express. Woo! Finally. Yep. Excited to watch these over again. I ain't gonna lie to you. I was a little sad when they were done when we watched them the first time. Yep. And I'm excited to watch Malibu Express once again. Yeah. See what I missed? You know, I probably missed some stuff that was integral to my, to me in my life. Um. <laughs> <laughs> well, the other part is... Uh, so we we only casually watched through you know those all of the films, but the only ones that we've seen multiple times now are these two, Stacy and Seven, and Hard Ticket to Hawaii. The rest of them we just kind of casually watched. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But now having to watch it critically, I think we're going to appreciate it a lot more. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah, and I've noticed like at least personally, like once you've watched a film once, and then you watch it again, you're like. Okay, I don't need to pay attention to the actual main thing of what's going on. I can look at the little things, mm-hmm. and that's where you pick up like a lot of stuff you hadn't noticed before. Yeah, yeah. like good lines, one-liners, yeah, or, or like you know, just like you know, funny kind of flubs. Yeah, strange um, things that happen. That yeah, you're like, why is that? It's, like, it's like for example, it's like I watch Christmas Vacation every year, every single year, um, and it probably wasn't until like the 10th time I saw it that you know scene where like Eddie and Clark are in the house they're talking things over Eddie's in like that white shirt with like the green pants and whatever yeah, and he knocks that, over the, the leisure thing suit yeah. without the uh, Wally World eggnog mm-hmm. glasses yeah. I never noticed until like 10 times of watching it Eddie's turtleneck is a fake turtleneck it's not a full turtleneck it's shirt it's just a fake turtleneck and like the little like little back black cloth that you can see through his sh- white shirt. It's like, yeah. I never noticed it until like, like the 10th time I watched, I'm like, that's a fake turtleneck. Yeah. yeah. It's, so called it's, a, it's called a dicky. Yeah. 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 I couldn't, I couldn't remember the actual name of it, but, uh, but yeah, so it's like, it's a, like, you can turn your brain off to the actual plot cause you've seen it so many times and now you can be like, okay, you can point out little things like that and you can yeah. appreciate the film more. Yeah, I think so. So I just want to leave you, I want to leave our listeners with a quote from this movie that I thought was extremely hilarious. Uh, After Drew shoots the kahuna on his boat and he and the professor are kind of like, oh, now it's time to go. 
The professor says, let's get our helmets polished and get out of this business. I don't know. That's what he says. Let's get our helmets polished and get out of this business. Yep. Let's get our helmets polished. I think and get that has. I think business. that's sexual, isn't it? He's talking about their dick. I think so. Yeah, I that's, that's what, what I thought. thought they were going. <laughs> that, that's what I thought too. But like, why would he say it to another guy? And there's no women gonna, around. They're going to go whip their dicks out and have them polished. <laughs> or maybe they're actually going to go get them polished. <laughs> yeah. Like shined up. Who knows? I yeah. don't know what they did back in the seventies. All right, they did weird things. Let's get our helmets polished and get out of this business. Thanks for listening to Hard Ticket to Sedaris. Please be sure to check out our other projects at AOP Pod Network on Twitter. Where you can find a list of all of our other projects, such as We Effed Up, a history podcast taking a look at all the times in history where we effed up. And Imperfect Men, a Rexypod reading all of the founding fathers of the United States. You can also check out Attack of the Final Girls, a horror movie podcast through a feminist lens. And The Drunken Pawn. It's a YouTube channel where we play board games and drink craft beer. We'll see you next time on... Hard Ticket to Sedaris. <laughs> <laughs>